Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. And baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. Postseason baseball is finally here, and the NLDS is starting now. It's the Dodgers and the Padres. Hey everyone, Josh Schaefer, Blake Harris with you for another episode of Inside the Ravine, a brand new Dodgers podcast presented this week and every week by Odyssey Sports. Blake, the Dodgers are set to face the Padres. The San Diego and New York Mets series have come to a close. The Padres prevailed. Um, What was kind of going through your head, not just in the whole series, but specifically last night watching the pods kind of run away with game three? Yeah, going into the series, I didn't necessarily know what exactly I was rooting for. I think deep down, you know, I was pulling for the Padres, but I think ultimately every Dodgers fan was just hoping that that series would at least go three games. That way, you're using more guys, you're essentially pushing everyone in the rotation back one game. So, I was hoping for chaos, I was hoping for an 18-inning, every hand-on-deck situation, pretty much for the most part. But with the series tied yesterday, I pretty much came to the realization that, you know, obviously... Any team you're playing in a five-game series is going to be difficult, but when you have the New York Mets that have Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, some really good hitters, and having to travel all the way to New York, I realized that, yes, we are, in fact, rooting for the Padres. So it was a uh, it was a pretty intense game, but the Padres, I think, fairly early put runs on the board. So it wasn't necessarily that big of a deal for the entire game, but what a weekend uh, between just those two teams, but I guess all the other teams across baseball that participated in the three-game series. I was blown away, Josh. That out of the four three-game series we have this weekend, only one actually went the distance of the three games. The other three were just two-game sweeps, so I'm sure baseball wasn't too thrilled that uh, there wasn't more Game 7-type action on Sunday, but still a fun weekend, a crazy series, and now the fun officially begins just about, I think, 24 hours from right now. Yeah, I mean, before we even get to that series, and I guess before we even dive in just a little bit deeper to the uh, the Padres-Mets series, 
I we had a preseason game in San Diego um, to play the the goals, not the Padres, just to be clear, on Saturday. So I get in the car uh, from my apartment in Pasadena to drive down to El Segundo to get on our on our team bus down at the Kings facility. Um, I get in the car. It's the top of the tenth inning. Guardians and Rays, scoreless, of course. Um, right. I get out of the car in El Segundo, bottom of the fourteenth, still tied zero zero. I walk over and get on the bus, and what did I miss? But a walk off home run to win the game and win the series. I, I was so mad. I really, I really was. Like I was hoping they would win, and I was hoping they would walk it off like that. But I was really upset that I listened to four scoreless innings, four basically hitless innings of nothing, only for them to walk it off right when I got there. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, I watched about 10 or 11 innings of that game, and uh, I changed the channel to watch some college football, and uh, for about five minutes I was watching whatever game it was. It might have been uh, Utah and UCLA, and I changed the channel back, and I see that the Guardians walked it off. So, hey, at least you didn't spend two hours actually watching the game, only to miss the most important 60 seconds of the entire game. Yeah, see, I only missed about... I only listened to it for about 45 minutes because those innings flew by too. Um, But that was a great series. Um, Of course, obviously the Seattle Mariners, um, they, they advance um, and kind of a tough one for the, uh, for the blue Jays too. Uh, And then obviously the Phillies on the road, that's a, I mean, Cardinals totally collapsed in that series as well. So you get the Phillies and the Braves, you get the Mariners and the Astros, the guardians and the Yankees. And then, of course, the Dodgers and the Padres. And now the Dodgers, you know, you said that you were kind of rooting for the Padres. I think I was, too. Um, And you get to game three, where I'm going in thinking I'd like the Padres to win simply because I think the Dodgers match up a lot better against the Padres. Obviously, we've talked about this 100 times if we've talked about it once on the show, um, because um, obviously uh, the Dodgers have fared so well against the Padres over the last couple of years. Um, but I think I was rooting for the Padres a little bit too, but we get to a six, nothing scoreline in game three. And I'm thinking, ah, do they match up better with the Padres? Now? I don't know. Um, the fact of the matter is now looking back on it. Yes, I think they do. Um, and I think it does bode a lot better, not just for the Dodgers, but for the Padres too, that this is basically a bus trip back and forth. If it goes that far. Yeah. The funny thing is, yeah, you see the Padres win the series and you're like, man, I don't know. They're pretty hot right now. Is this who you want to face? But you have to realize it's a three game series. So it's just essentially a team taking a regular three game series. If the Mets would have won, you're thinking, I don't know. The Mets just won two games in a row to come back from behind 1-0. They're looking really hot. Do we want to face them? So yeah, at the end of the day, overall, it's kind of like a lose-lose situation. Either you get the Mets, who are a 101-win team, or you get the Padres, who are the easier matchup. But obviously, if you lose, you're not going to hear the end of it. But I think the biggest takeaway for me, you know, obviously the Dodgers match up a lot better with the Padres. I think they've won eight or nine straight series. But I think I, I briefly mentioned it when I was talking about it early on. I think the biggest win out of this being a series against the Padres, like you mentioned, is just getting on the bus and going down the freeway for a nice two-hour drive. You don't have to worry about a five-hour flight to New York. You don't have to worry about the time change. And especially if there's that Game 5, there's no off day between Game 4 and Game 5. So you're wrapping up Game 4 in New York, and then you're flying from New York to L.A., 
probably landing at 4, 5 a.m. whenever they land, and you have a game later that night. So this, you just get on the bus, and you're home at midnight if it goes that far. So I think the fact that it's a close series, and not to mention, I don't know if you saw this, Josh, but this is truly unbelievable. I don't have the exact tweet in front of me, but the Padres essentially sent out an email saying that they're only going to allow you to buy tickets if, like, your computer or phone IP is, like, in a certain city. So, for example, we wouldn't be able to buy tickets since we're down here in L.A. You have to go through StubHub or a secondary market. So, I I don't think that's actually going to help the Padres. I think that's going to hurt them more because I think that's going to upset more Dodgers fans. And I think it's going to create a bigger demand for all the Padres fans that actually buy tickets from the site. I think there's going to be a higher demand for tickets. So, I don't think it's going to be quite like the regular season when you can make the case it's a 50-50 split. But I think Petco Park is going to be at least one-third Dodgers fans. Maybe more, but it's not going to be a home field advantage that the Padres necessarily would like. Whereas if the Dodgers went to New York, that would be 90% Mets fans, 95% Mets fans. So more than really I'd benefits the Dodgers. 100, really. Yeah, so it benefits the Dodgers by just having the easier matchup. But like I mentioned, the fact that they don't have to travel and the fact that home field advantage isn't going to be as much as play. Hell, I, I even think at Dodger Stadium... If they would have played the Mets, there would have been more Mets fans there than I think Padres fans are going to be at this Dodgers series because Mets fans travel well. They're all over the place. So I think overall, it I just agree. benefits the Dodgers more. Yeah, uh, the Dodgers and the Padres met 19 times this season, and the Dodgers beat them 14 times. Um, so obviously, the Dodgers, I think, are going to be coming into this series as the favorite. I think that's uh, I think that's pretty obvious. Um, but again, we've talked about how good the numbers are against San Diego this year, and they really are that good. They were 14 and five, um, but a best of five series. You never know what can happen. Dodgers have been off yeah. for a little while. As we mentioned, they've been off for um, a li- almost what? How many days is that? I'm not good at math, but I, I think, I think Wednesday here, so. was when the, <laughs> I think Wednesday, the season ended. So I think that makes it yeah, five days, six now? days, four five, days, six days, technically Thursday, something like that. Friday, Saturday, cool. five, yeah, who knows? Something like that. We're close. Well, the Potters just played a three game series and, and they looked pretty good while doing it too. Um, so, uh, that's going to be game one on Tuesday night. But some of the news that we got out today was, and no surprise here, the game one and two starters are Julio Urias and Clayton Kershaw, just like we thought they would be. Yeah. Uh, I still don't understand why they were holding this off as long as they did. Like literally last night within, I think 15 minutes after the Padres game ended, they were like, yeah, Clevenger's our game one starter just like instantly. So it's not like, in football where you don't want to let the opposition know who your starting quarterback is. So that way the teams have to like game plan for different, you know, starting quarterbacks. I don't understand the process of holding off this long. Cause apparently Dave Roberts told Julio on Friday that he was going to be starting game one, but it's the right decision. There was the, I deep down. I thought that they actually might go with Clayton Kershaw in game one, just because again, he's the guy you want to give the ball to in game one because of his history. But Julio's the smart move. We talked about this in previous episodes. he, could win the Cy Young this year, if not finish in second place. He's the guy you won on the hill in game two. So no problem with it. Clayton Kershaw in game two, that's not a surprise. So I guess the rest of the question is who starts game three and four. But uh, I'm very excited to see Julio get the start in game one. I think this is probably his first ever game one start. Because if it hasn't been Kershaw, I know it's been Walker Buehler. So this might be his first ever game one start for Julio. Uh, a couple of other things that we talked about on the last show that are kind of, you know, coming through news-wise today um, include Blake Trinan and Dustin May, both being brought up by Dave Roberts today uh, in media availability. Um, he said that um, they're both healthy, 
ish. They're they're both healthy enough to make the postseason roster, at least for the NLDS. Um, but there was also the thought that maybe they would keep Dustin May off of the NLDS roster so that if and when the Dodgers win and advance to the NLCS, Dustin May would be even healthier and ready to go then. I don't know what to make of this still because I feel like if they were 100% ready to go, Dave would have come out today and said, yeah, Dustin and Blake, they're both looking great. They're going to be on the roster. But he kind of said that they're doing well, but they're not, I guess, guarantees or locks at this point. Again, I don't know if he's just trying to hide his hand and not let the Padres know that they're going to be on the roster. But at this point, I don't see what the purpose of that would be. So we're going to find out, you know, tomorrow morning if these guys are on the roster. I know in our previous episode, we broke down our roster uh, predictions, which turned into an absolute mess based on how many potential <laughs> options you have. So, um, and I, I think they talked about Craig Kimball as well. And Dave Roberts said the same thing pretty much that they're not sure yet. So I, I think like we mentioned in last week's episode, if Trinan and May are good to go, then Kimbrell's likely left off. If one of them's not ready to go, you have Kimbrell on, but I don't know. Um, if they're not a hundred percent, this, this is the thing, Josh, would, would you, like, let's say Dustin May and Blake Trinan are both 75%. Would you want them on the roster if they're not at full strength, but they still offer so much upside? Or would you risk I... not pitching them this series and hoping you make it to the CS, where, like you said, they'll, they'll be fully healthy by then? What do, you, what do you do? See, that was my question for you, was... Oh, wait. <laughs> so look, 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 look. If you, if you... It's like football, right? First drive of the game... It's fourth down. You're on the 25-yard line. Are you going for it, or are you taking the points of the field goal? Right now, I'm thinking, like, do you really want to bank on leaving these guys out in hopes that you win and advance and that they're healthier for the next round, or do you play them while they're healthy? Hey, they're here. We've got them. We should play them. Like, we need them, right? Or are you saying, like, oh, well, maybe we don't need them this round. Maybe we just let them rest, and then we can use them next week. It's like I think you take the points, take the pitchers, um, and let them play. But at the same time, if they're not 100% and you're putting them on the roster because you think you need them, they're still, like we said, they're taking up roster spots from other people. And I think that for everyone who listened to our last show, and obviously we encourage you to go back and do that as we break down the entire postseason roster, our, our predicted postseason roster, um, we thought it was pretty much a consensus um, 12 or 13 position players. Right. Originally it was 13 and then we decided to limit it to 12 and we did 14 um, pitchers, but it was pretty easy to pick 12 or to pick 13, let alone pick 12. The yeah. pitching staff was where it was hard and we were leaving guys out that we really liked that could, that deserved to be on the postseason roster. Um, so yeah. So I don't know. Do you take up a spot? I I guess I'm just not answering the question here, Blake. But honestly, I think because I we don't we don't we don't know we don't have an answer because there's so many you know different possibilities. I say if they're both healthy enough is what Dave said. Yeah. If they're healthy enough, then that means they're healthy and they should be on the roster. Yeah, like you're either healthy or you're not. If you're not ready to go. Let's be completely honest. What have we seen from Dave? What have we seen from baseball operations these past few years? Like, there's no point in risking it, right? 
So yeah. if they're on the postseason roster, the way that I'm looking at that is I'm not going to be worried about whether or not Dustin May and Blake Trinan are healthy or not. If they're right. on the roster, they're going to play and they're going to pitch. Right. Because I just don't yeah. see the Dodgers doing that um, if they're not healthy. There's no point. Yeah. So I'll, like I said, we'll find out tomorrow at 8, 9, 10 a.m. whenever the roster comes out. But a lot, a lot of question marks there. I'm interested to see which do- direction they go in. But we'll see. And we do actually have one more postseason roster spot thing to to point out. And this was something that we did talk about pretty extensively on the last show. And it's that Miguel Vargas is in the mix, too. Um, And and Mm -hmm. Dave Roberts pointed that out today, that Miguel Vargas is is in the mix for a postseason roster spot. Um, Obviously, it's not solidified, but he's right there. And the expectation is that one way or another, Chris Taylor's expected to be on the postseason roster, at least expected by the Dodgers coaching staff. (sighs) Um, so my theory will not come true after all. I maybe maybe it will. Maybe Josh, it will. he was spotted at Dodger Stadium on Friday, partaking in the uh, live sim game. So Kevin Pillar was at Dodger Stadium on Friday, taking live abs. So the dream lives on for the theory. You know, I gotta be honest with you, Blake. I had somebody text me. I had two people text me that they had listened to our last show. And both of them brought up your theory and said they liked it and they <laughs> believed it. So we also got a DM on the inside the ravine uh, Twitter account saying uh, Pilar's been spotted. Maybe it's all coming to fruition. So, well, I guess we, I don't want to hold out hope. Conspiracy theories. That'll be our next draft. <laughs> conspiracy <laughs> our, theories. Oh our favorite God. conspiracy theories. <laughs> Aliens one hundred and one. Lock it in. Oh my! Lock God. it in. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's good to hear All that right, Chris well, Taylor is good to go, though. It is, it is, and like we said last week, um, you know, the dude was a monster last year um, at the start of the postseason, and uh, he's def. If he's not going to start, he's somebody you definitely want coming off the bench because you can literally right. put him anywhere. Right. Well, we're going to take a break, uh, and when we come back, we've got one of Blake's uh, favorite segments, if not his favorite segment, with just a little bit of a spin on it. And you'll see what that is when we come back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, so if you... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've been listening to all of our episodes so far. You know that Blake's favorite segment is fair or foul, but the spin that we're putting on it this week is it's my turn, baby. So Blake is going to be doing fair or foul. I'm hosting it, and Blake has to tell me whether or not what I'm saying is fair, uh, if it could happen, or if it's foul. It's kind of outlandish. It's not going to happen. Blake, are you familiar with the rules? I am. I'm, I'm a little confused being on this side of things. I hope I uh, play the game the right way and and win, but we'll we'll see what happens the first time around. The game is not rigged against you. In fact, you cannot okay. be you cannot lose this game unless you get everything wrong. Okay. Okay. All okay. right. What well, is my opinion? Or... Also, so it would be tough to get it right yes. or wrong, but we'll we'll yes, see. Yes, of course, of course, of course. Um, so fair or foul, Dodgers will outscore the Padres by five runs in the NLDS. Well, I'm going to say that's fair, Josh, because I'm banking on the Dodgers, taking three from the Padres. So right off the bat, you know, if if you're taking three games, that's easily a run differential of plus three. So unless they, like, win each game by a run and they lose one game by, like, ten and it just hurts the run differential... So I, I think they outscore them by five runs. How they get there remains to be seen, but I'm going to say fair. I'm going to say fair. They outscore them okay. by five. Keep in mind, the Padres did score 16 runs in three games against the Mets, and it was because both of their wins were blowout wins, 7-1 and 6 right. nothing, uh in games one and games three, and game one and game three. All right, fair or foul, the Dodgers will hit more than five home runs in the NLDS. Now that's a tough one because the last couple weeks of the season, the Dodgers were not hitting homers. We talked about that in a previous episode. They were near the bottom in all of majors in the final two to three weeks. So five homers. I mean, if it goes five games, you're asking for a homer a game. If it goes four games, or even if they sweep, Josh, I'm going to say that's foul. I don't right, think the wow. Dodgers are going to hit more than five homers. Now, will I take it? Sure, but I don't think they get to five because I think they're going to sweep in three, and I don't think they hit five in three games, but I'm going to say foul. Well, I guess that answers my next two questions here. So the first one was going to be fair or foul. Home teams are undefeated in the NLDS. Yeah, I think that's going to be foul just because... I, I think the Dodgers take a game at Petco. Hopefully, the Padres don't take a game at Dodger Stadium, but if I were to guess, I think the Dodgers will uh, take a game at uh, Dodger Stadium South. So I'm going, that would be foul then, that I'm saying they're not going to go undefeated. So foul. All right. I'm going to change this last one because it was going to be fair or foul. The series goes four games or more. 
but I feel like I have that answer from you now. So I'm going to mix this up and go to one of my backup questions. Okay. This one will get maybe both fan bases riled up here. Manny Machado will strike out more than six times in the series. Fair or foul? I'm going to go foul. I, I think he goes slightly under. I think he'll be in that four to six range, but I, I think for Machado, he's going to be too amped up. He's going to be too jacked up. He did last in last night's game. I don't think we've heard anything, but it looks like he kind of hurt himself on a swing in the ninth inning. I don't know if he's good to go or if he hurt anything, but I'll go foul slightly under, but I, I think he'll be close because he's, I don't have the numbers, but he struck out a lot this year against the Dodgers. He's been, he's been striking out a good number of times. Yeah. All right, well, that concludes fair or foul. Um, Blake, it was your first time being on this side of it and playing the game. What did you think? Did I do okay? I thought you, you did, did fantastic. I, I love it. I love being on cool. this side because, you know, having to come up with questions, it is a little difficult. You have to figure out, you know, is it easy? Is it tough? You want to have one that's kind of get it, kind of get you a little confused and really make you think. So I thought you did a pretty solid job for your first time hosting. Thank you. Thank you. Next fair or foul is all yours. Um, I need to keep okay. learning. You can send me back to the minors, and I'll learn a little bit more, and uh, and I'll come back strong another time. But that concludes Farafel. Uh, before we get to the mailbag, and Blake um, dips into the big um, wool sack of letters that people send him every single week, uh, we're going to do a quick series preview. So, Blake, I kind of want to hear. You know, it's a five game series, best of five. Um, kind of, what are your thoughts going into it? Um, given everything we've discussed so far, I feel like I already know that you're going to pick a Dodger sweep based off of Farafel, but you know, what are you expecting going in? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because obviously, like you said, they won, what, 14 of 19. I think they've won nine straight series going back to last season. So this has been a one-sided matchup for the last year and a half. But as we know, in the playoffs, everything's thrown out. If the Dodgers had won 30 games in a row against the Padres, you're still throwing that out. The playoffs are a different beast, and we saw the Padres look really good in these last three games against the New York Mets. I think Freddie Freeman, he had some quote today where it was something along the lines of, uh, the Padres, they're hot right now. We've been hot for like seven months. I thought that was a fantastic quote, and he's right. The Dodgers have been hot all season. Padres have been kind of hit or miss, but again, recently they've looked really good, and I'm very interested because this is a Padres team that has underperformed this season. I think they finished with 87, 88 wins. All the moves they made at the trade deadline, it didn't necessarily help them at all. I mean, it took them a solid solid time, amount of time to finally get above 500 after the trade deadline. So they have some really good pieces. And again, their starting rotation is a pretty solid rotation. Obviously, the Dodgers luck out by getting Clevenger in game one, but it looks like game two is going to be you Darvish. Game three, Blake Snell. Game four, if needed, is going to be Joe Musgrove. And then game five, I guess, Clevenger, and then all hands on deck situations. So the Dodgers did luck out. They're not going to be getting one of those aces twice, but I think it's going to be a tough series. You know, I do talk about the Dodgers potentially sweeping or winning in four. I just don't think it's going to be an e If they sweep, I don't think it's going to be an easy sweep. I think the Padres are going to battle. I think they're going to play the best baseball they've played all season. Uh, I mean, a couple of years ago, in 2020, when the Dodgers faced the Padres... Outside of that one game, I think it was game three when they beat him by like 10 runs. That was a back and forth series. Cody Bellinger had that game saving home run that really shits a momentum that would have given the Padres the lead and potentially the victory. I think one of the games like Joe Kelly was on the mound with the bases loaded and like two outs and a base and the Padres take the lead. So I think it's going to be a tough series for the Dodgers. I'm praying that the bats wake up 
because the last two to three weeks of the season, Josh, I know we talked about this, if they were kind of just in cruise control, but you don't want to see the bats go cold. We've seen it in years past. I think that's going to be the difference maker. If they're able to get to the Padres starters, that bullpen is beatable. I think the Dodgers take it with ease if they get to the starters. If the offense is held in check, we could be in store for a potentially long series. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be a fun one. I'm really, really upset that we don't get Joe Davis on the call. Instead, we're getting, uh, I think, Adam Amin and AJ Pruszynski. But it is what it is. But this is going to be a fun one. People have been pushing this rivalry for years, which it's nowhere close. But if the Dodgers and Padres ever want to become rivals... This series is a good stepping stone in order to get there. So hopefully it's a good series that gets this a little closer to being a potential, you know, rivalry. Yeah, you got to meet in the playoffs. If you want to be rivals, I think you got to meet in the playoffs. And the yeah. Dodgers and the Padres met a couple of years ago, and the Padres uh, were very high on themselves then, and the Dodgers swept them. So, right. you know, we get a similar situation this year where the Padres are, are finally running high again, and, and the Dodgers have been waiting to see who they're going to play and the Dodgers have dominated them over the last couple of seasons, especially this year winning 14 and 19. So right. um, we'll see what we get. Um, I think, uh, I think this is going to be a good series too. I do think that home field advantage is going to play a, a, a significant role, at least for the Dodgers in this one. I, I think if it yeah. was with the Mets, I honestly, I think that my guess, if it was the Mets, I would pick, um, I'd pick the home team to go undefeated. I would take Dodgers and five um, or, I think that that would be a key to it. I don't know if I would actually pick them to go undefeated at home. I think it would kind of switch off back and forth, but um, I think that would play a huge, huge role in it. Um, this one, I, I think it will for the Dodgers, but maybe not so much for the Padres because, because um, like you said, I do think that there are going to be a lot of Dodger fans down there. I think that if the Dodgers were playing the Mets, there would be more Mets fans at Dodger Stadium than Padres fans. Um, right. And again, that's just that's how New York and LA sports are is they're just everywhere. And it's not a slight at the Padres. It's just that they're a smaller market. Um, and yeah. that's nothing against San Diego. They just are a smaller market than LA and San and, uh, and New York. Um, but when it comes to the pitching staff, I think game one looks ideal for the Dodgers. Um, and then game yeah. two on paper, I think, I think game two on paper is going to be the one that everyone circles Kershaw and Darvish. Um, obviously Clayton Kershaw's Clayton Kershaw and you Darvish is you Darvish and a former Dodger. So I think that that's going to be a fun one. Um, before I give mine, what's your, uh, what's your series prediction? Yeah, I was going to say, let, let's go with two. Let's go with series prediction and let's go with series MVP. So I'll start. Okay. I'll go with series prediction and I'm going to say Dodgers in four. I think the Padres get one. If I were to guess, I think it's going to be either game two or game three, but I think they get one. Hopefully it's game one is served on a silver platter for the Dodgers. The fact that they have Julio and the fact that the Padres are going with Clevenger. If the Padres somehow take game one, then got to worry just a bit, but I think the Padres take one game. So I'm going to go with Dodgers and four for my series prediction. Yeah, I'm going to take Dodgers and four as well. Um, I also think the Dodgers win one. Um, the interesting thing about game one is I feel like the Dodgers uh, are up big in game one. I think it could be four, nothing, five, nothing. And then I think the Padres start to come back a little bit uh, and the Dodgers bullpen basically shuts the door. Um, I'll say Dodgers yeah. by a couple of runs in game one after looking like they would blow them out early. Um, and then game two, I think this is another one where it's going to be tight all game. 
I think it's th- that's going to be the game that has everyone on their edge of the seat, the edge of their seats, the entire game. Um, and then I think uh, if the Dodgers can chase you, Darvish, I think they run away with it in game two. Game three is the one I can already see it. Dodgers have like the tying run on second base in the top of the ninth inning. Somebody comes up and strikes out and Petco Park's going nuts, gets him back in the series. And then I'll take the Dodgers to win game three. So I'll take the Dodgers in four, um, two and oh at home. And then they win game four in San Diego. And, and you know what? I'll go as I'll say game. I'll say game three on Friday in San Diego is like two, one, two, one final yeah. Padres win Dodgers strand the tying run on second. I mean, the, again, um, the pitching matchups are fantastic, so I, I wouldn't be surprised as well. So, Josh, do you want me to give my uh, series MVP first, or do you want to take us off there and lead the way? Nope, nope. Let's uh, let's hear what yours is because I I don't know why I feel like we're going to go down the same route for both the game prediction and uh, the series MVP. Yeah, so not to go with chalk, but he was the Dodgers' best player all season. I'm going to go with Freddie Freeman. I think he continues oh, it in October. <laughs> I mean, he has so much experience. Hey Josh, maybe maybe this allows you to uh, take a wild card pick if you want. But I'm going to go with Freddie Freeman just because again, I I think he's been the Dodgers' best player, and I think he continues. I mean, if if it's you know game on the line, time runner on second base, you need a base hit to win the game. Like, is there a player in all of baseball you'd rather have at the plate more than Freddie Freeman? I think. Like, I get there. There's there's probably some better hitters. You know, maybe like an Aaron Judge, you want that can hit a home run or something like that. But like. I think Freddie Freeman's like the guy you want at the plate in a crucial situation. Yeah, I totally agree. I I would take Freddie Freeman, but since that would give us both Dodgers and four and Freddie Freeman as our series MVP, (laughs) I will mix it up. And I'm going to go way out of left field, literally, and say that the series MVP is Trace Thompson. Okay. I think, like I said, I think this series is going to be, is going to be a very, close uh i i think each game could be very close like i said i think there's going to be at least one dodgers like big win in here but i think the dodgers are going to have some very narrow wins as well um and with that being said especially especially game two and like i said i'm taking the dodgers to win game two in the later innings and the way that i see that playing out is somebody like trace thompson who either started the game and left or is coming off the bench. And I think he gets a couple of big hits in this series um, as kind of that Dodgers wild card player. Like I said, if I had to pick one, I'd pick Freddie Freeman. If I could pick somebody else, if I could take a wild card, I'm going to go out of left field and I'm going to take Trace Thompson. I love it. Former Padre. He comes to wreck (laughs) him. I love it. Now, Josh, before we move to the mailbag, we have just received video from downtown San Diego last night. I don't know if you've seen this yet. Of uh, downtown San oh, Diego, no. the gas lamp, the gas lamp district, celebrating the win. Now, at first, I thought this was just a, a video from 2020 that someone just like resurfaced from a different angle. But there's a City Connect jersey in here, so this is in fact from last night, following a wild card series victory, and you got to see it to believe it, Josh. Now, for those that couldn't watch, you know, that are listening via the podcast, they're going nuts in downtown San Diego, but they were spraying bottles of champagne all over as if they just won the World Series. 
Now I'm, I mean, I'm shout all for out to the guy in the throwback Rams jersey and the Marshall Falk <laughs> yeah. jersey. That's my but guy out there in San Diego. The champagne bottles were being just sprayed everywhere. So Dodgers better hope and pray that they don't lose. If, if the Dodgers lose this series, San Diego might have to go into curfew and be shut down because it's it's going to be bad. So just hopefully we're be. not getting there. Hopefully we're not getting there. All right, well, Josh, we're going to move to the mailbag unless you have uh, something you want to say before we move on. I was going to say, Blake, it's time for the mailbag. Oh, perfect. There we go. All right, we got time for a couple questions for this week's mailbag. Again, if you guys want to ask us questions for future mailbag episodes, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Inside the Ravine. Ask us your questions there. Josh, our first question comes from Rich- Ricardo Yu. What kind of game plan will Julio have against Machado since Manny has good numbers against him? So I had to look up the numbers just to see how good uh, Manny has been in his career against Julio. And I didn't realize how dominant he's been. I mean, he's pretty much hit Julio better than any pitcher in his career. In 27 plate appearances, he's hitting 360 with an OPS of 1,200. So Julio faces him tomorrow. Going to be a couple couple things. So... uh, can Julio uh, finally get Manny out in the uh, biggest moment of the, uh, the of the year? Yeah, well, I uh, it's going to be interesting because not very often do you have your top pitcher going into the postseason and the top hitter for the opposing team just hits him better than anybody. Um, I think we want to see. I would I would almost say keep things off speed against Machado. But uh, I, I pulled up Baseball Savant here to see where a lot of Julio's off-speed pitches end up. And a lot of them are inside. And personally, I feel like with Machado, Julio would probably have a lot more success going away or high. Um, so if you're going to go away, 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 maybe the changeup isn't the pitch to use. Um, but we've seen Manny strike out on a lot of fastballs in the past, especially if you go high. So if you can keep the fastballs way up in the zone, um, don't hang any curveballs, don't hang any other breaking balls or anything like that. Um, then I think that uh, I mean, I'm not going to get out here and, and break down pitch by pitch of what of what um, Julio can potentially do. But right now, I think the main thing is just stay consistent and not worry about what those numbers are because uh, they're good. Um, but Julio just has to go out and do what he's done all season long. Uh, he's the Dodgers' best guy. He deserves to be the game one starter and roll with it. All right, Josh, we have time for one more. This comes from Derek R. I'm going to kind of switch it up just a little because he says any other information that has become available as to why James Outman couldn't get another look down the stretch in September. But I'm going to add to this saying, would you consider, I know the Dodgers aren't, but how we're pretty much deciding between Hanser Alberto and Miguel Vargas. If you're the Dodgers, would you consider James Outman as that potential last roster spot? Because defensively he's insane in the outfield so that's already a plus compared to those two guys and offensively he might be better than Miguel Vargas but yet for some reason he's just not getting the look so would you actually give the final spot to James Outman over a Miguel Vargas or Hanser Alberto I don't know I've actually thought about this a lot as of late because this was something that I even brought up on the show earlier on um I want to say it was like episode one or two where I said that would be nice to see James Outman get another look before the end of the season, but we we wouldn't get that. 
Um, and I, I really like James Outman. He was great with the Dodgers when he was up. He's, he's great defensively. Um, and obviously everybody fell in love with him by homering in his first major league at bat. So, um, I really like him. I would love to see a spot for him, but I gotta be honest. I, I feel like given what we had seen, no, no, I don't think he fits into the postseason roster. If we had seen more then yes, I, I think that maybe I would feel differently. Maybe the Dodgers would feel differently, but, and and this might be a cop-out answer, but given what we've seen, no, like I just don't think that the volume is there because the stats are there. The numbers are there, but the volume of what those numbers really mean is just not there. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, it'd be great to see him get another chance, but at the end of the day, you don't necessarily need him to save him for next year and see what happens. But Josh, that wraps up the mailbag and wraps up this uh, final episode before uh, the postseason begins. Cause I see you just sent a text saying, looks like you got a book on out. If you're a very important call. Yep. Yep. We got a big time call coming in. Um, and, uh, and we got to take that call and I know that you've got some dinner plans as well. Um, but we'll obviously link up at some point during the postseason to get together to watch a game. Um, and then obviously, you know, Dodgers Padres Tuesday night, game one NLDS. And, uh, let's be completely honest. I think a Mets Dodgers series would be fun, but Dodgers Padres, like really like, could you really want it any other way? Um, so here we are. And finally we get some, some playoff baseball. We've been waiting long enough. It seems like we've been talking for five episodes about waiting for Tuesday night. Agree. I was, I was going to say it was a perfect send off. Josh is going to go take the phone call. So I'll close things out. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this is inside the ravine. You guys can follow the show on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok at inside the ravine. You guys can also listen to the show on the Odyssey app because this show is brought to you by Odyssey sports. We also are on Spotify and on Apple podcasts as well. So wherever you guys get your podcast, you can find us there. Postseason baseball, there's nothing better. Make sure to stay locked in with Inside the Ravine. We're going to have plenty of more episodes to come. A lot of great Dodgers content. So if you're a Dodgers fan, you definitely do not want to miss it. For Josh Schaefer, (laughs) who just sent a text saying right at the buzzer, so perfect timing. This has been Blake Harris. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your week, wherever you may be.